0: Welcome to the Young, Wild, Financially Free podcast. An audio experience where we don't just talk about it, we live it. Hey everybody, welcome to the Young, Wild, Financially Free podcast. Andrew Roberts here with my co-host. Matthew Teifke. What's up everybody? And we're coming off of... A interview that we just had this morning. It was really exciting for the both of us, but we can't tell you who it is. It's going to be a secret. But you have to stay tuned in the next couple weeks for it to come out. If you work in the real estate industry, you will enjoy it, that is for sure. But on to today's episode that you guys are about to listen to. It's with a couple of really great guys that uh, Matt introduced me to. Um, A couple guys that run a company called Hornet Capital. Matt, you want to tell us a little bit about, about these two fine gentlemen?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, pretty cool. They formed a partnership, two pretty different guys, one with the military background, the other construction. And
0: Brian Witten is the guy with the military right. background. yep.
1: Jordan Olson. Uh, construction. construction. And cool. they kind of came together and started a, a partnership, and they've actually become really successful. Everything from uh, hard money to just helping out on the construction. Uh, their main business is the, the hard money side, but they're right. flipping properties, uh, putting money together, and uh, they're doing pretty good. And even after doing the podcast, I've sent business their way and they've sent business my way. So it's been pretty cool yeah, um, to work with them in a professional role. I, I think they're the real deal.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it was really cool having them come into our office and uh, really kind of diving into each of their stories and then how they came together and how they met and then formed,
1: you know, the company that they're running today. Yeah, and they're, you know, they're evolving. Like, they've got a lot of ideas and things that they want to get into, so that's going to be exciting to see where that goes. Yeah, and these are two guys with, like, a lot of integrity and just really good people at
0: heart. And so, you know, the business that they're doing, you know, it's easy, you know, for people to... um, you know cut corners or kind of get one over on you so to speak and these two guys are like you said they're the real deal and they're you know just great guys and um really doing good work so it was awesome to dive into their their story and what they're doing and kind of the difference that they're making yeah and it just kind of goes to show you that like there's so many avenues in real estate um so many different things that you can do and, and be successful at and they really enjoy it and these are two totally different guys, and they really complement each other. And so that also goes to uh, the point of you know forming a partnership, and you know somebody having a strength and somebody having a weakness, and then you know each of those people come together and really forming you know a strong team.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So all that to say, this is a great episode. You guys are really going to enjoy it. Um, it's a little bit uh, of a longer episode compared to our others, so it's we're at right about an hour, but it is just filled with good, entertaining juicy content you guys are really going to enjoy um if you guys do listen to this podcast we really appreciate you
1: yeah we do yeah um you know we love our fans and well hopefully we can take them on a journey with us as we're going through our journey and you know we got all kinds of ideas about where to take the podcast so we appreciate you listening in and love to hear your feedback and and uh, hear from you guys all the time
0: yeah and if you guys are listening if you guys do enjoy it We would love it if you guys would, you know, share an episode on your social media or just tell a friend about it. Um, And if you guys are in Austin, we know that the majority of our listeners are here in Central Texas. You see me and Matt out and about, you know, feel free to come up to us and say hi and talk about an episode or, um, you know, grab a cup of coffee with us. We would love to sit down with with any of you. Um, So thank you guys so much for listening. On to the episode with our good friends at Hornet Capital. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast,
2: guys. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's
0: interesting, we usually only have you know one person on the podcast that we're interviewing at a time, but now we have uh, two, so double the fun. And what I kind of wanted to do is, instead of really diving into uh, each individual's background, I kind of wanted to maybe dive into the story of how you guys met and uh, how you guys came to start doing business together. So right, you want to go ahead? If anybody wants to
3: take a lead. Yeah, great, I'll start. Uh, So I have a very unique background. I started as an F-18 Navy fighter pilot back in the day. Uh, Had some great time flying, dropping bombs, doing God's work, and uh, doing (laughs) stuff I can't tell stories about back home. Sure. Anytime you can strap a multi-million dollar jet engine to your back, uh, it's always a good time. Mm -hmm. So uh, the the problem we always have is when we get out of that, what we do once we're done, Mm -hmm. right? right? So I can fly... And if, am I allowed to swear here? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, you know, once you're done having fun doing that, what, what, you know, that's all I knew how to do. But uh, luckily for me, uh, someone back when I was at the Naval Academy told me, hey, when you're done, you know, the Navy's not going to make you rich. He said, but if, if as you go, the Navy's going to move you 15, 20 times throughout your career, whenever you go somewhere, go ahead, buy a house, rent it when you leave. And then when you're done with the Navy, you sell them all. You buy your dream house for cash, and you get your retirement. And I said, "Well, that sounds like a great idea." Yeah. <laughs> so I started doing that, and then uh, throughout that process, quickly realized that I did not want to be an out-of-state landlord because okay. it sucks. But uh, <laughs> but I learned a lot, and that's how I got into real estate. To be honest, so um, you know, started buying houses throughout the country. I knew that I wanted to try to flip houses, you okay. know, just like everyone else, HDTV kind of stuff. I was living in a small town in South Texas, uh, yeah. Kingsville, Texas. Yeah. You could buy houses for $15,000, put 15,000 into them and sell them for 90. Check. So not like big numbers here in Austin, but uh, definitely an education.
1: What would those rent for, do you think?
3: Oh, what would they, uh, you'd probably get $900 to $1,000. Actually, I take that back, um, in Kingsville, there's such a demand for rentals if you have a decent property mm-hmm. that you probably could get 1500 bucks something like that oh wow yeah. that's crazy yeah that's a good return. It's cool it's kind of a small town there's not a lot of money in it but there's a lot of big things there's a, navy, a jet navy base there's the border patrol there and there's also a college mm-hmm. so a lot of young professionals there that need good places to live but there's not a lot of that uh, supply um, so if you do have a good place, it's, it's a good place. Mm-hmm. So I started flipping houses there. And in fact, I, you know, I was doing two or three while I was still on active duty, just on the weekends and nights, swinging hammers, having a good time doing, doing most of the work myself and, uh, you know, started making more money doing that than while I was a, you know, an officer in the Navy. Yeah. So we got out of there and I was like, okay, time to go, um, be a big boy and get a real job and me and my wife moved up to Austin for the education for our kids the first thing my wife did was say no you're not doing that you're gonna go get a real job with you know, getting paid (laughs) so I went and worked for a technology company over on Southwest Parkway and uh, quickly realized that my personality as a Navy fighter pilot did not fit into a cubicle lifestyle because I wanted to know hang out and, and talk shop around the coffee pot and everyone else wanted to stay inside their cubicles and right. not talk with me at all. So, <laughs> uh, I stayed there for about a year me and my buddy uh, another Navy pilot we uh, uh, we got together we formed a company called tally-two investment group there's two of us uh, he was he got out of the Navy, he got guys MBA and then uh, was working for JP Morgan or something like that and he mm-hmm. said hey I want to start a business he's like how about real estate business? That's perfect. Yeah. So we put together a hundred page PowerPoint with a business plan on what we were going to do. And we presented that to our wives so that we could both <laughs> quit our jobs. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I still have that PowerPoint. And uh, of course, just with every business plan, the day one that we went out in the field, it, you know, that, that business plan was kaput, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but our wives did approve us to quit our jobs and, and start our company. So we did that. Um, you know, quickly he got cold feet when he realized that being an entrepreneur is not as easy as it, it sounds, and yeah, it's not. Really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we, you know, I ended up uh, taking over the company, and Tally Two became Tally One, but kept the name and uh, and start flipping houses here in Austin. So I worked my butt off there. I was like, you know, I'm going to be the biggest, baddest motherfucker <laughs> to flipping houses out there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just like everyone does, they dream big. Mm-hmm. And um, went out there, and, and I just I couldn't get over the hump of doing seven to eight houses at a time. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't put the right processes in place. I'm a big checklist guy, obviously, being a military guy. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find the right people to put under me at the time. You know, Austin's a hot market, finding good um, – people to work for you that aren't just hopping from job to job, right? and, and so I just couldn't get over that hump, and I was running myself ragged and, and running out of time and energy for my family, so finally I took a step back and I said, you know what, let's look at how many houses I did these past couple of years, and I saw that, you know, only four or five of them really moved the needle, you know, mm-hmm. those big profits, and, and I knew every single time that it was those ones before I even had it under contract, I said, man, if I get this one, this is going to be a game changer, right? Yeah. And they were. So I knew up ahead of time what the big ones were, right? They're not these ones that I make 30, 40 grand off, but it takes me six to nine months to, to flip right? and all my time. And so I was able to, okay, these are the ones I want. And I sat back. And I said, okay, I'm just going to wait for these. Guess what? As you're sitting back, you got your war chest of capital out there, you're ready to go do it, and then nothing happens for a month or mm. two months. You're like, oh man, I hope I'm making the right decision here, because yeah. <laughs> why is it a little mad that I'm not doing any work? Right. Um, but then, I actually had some people start coming to me, other people that have been networking, other investors, and they said, hey, I need uh, 30 grand to go finish this project. So I went and looked at it, I was like, yeah, I can help you with this. I got money just sitting in the bank, so started lending money to other investors, you know, just by accident. Right. And uh, we did everything wrong. I lent <laughs> the money completely the wrong way. I overcharged them. You know, Texas would like lay down the law if they ever saw <laughs> what I did. But I didn't know better. They didn't know better. Um, you know, we were both happy. They ended up unlocking all their equity in the project. So we were both happy. Uh, and I sat back, I was like, well, you know, I couldn't scale my, my business of flipping houses, but I could scale this, sure. if I could figure this out. So I started you know, nerding out and doing all the research on lending laws and stuff like that and mm-hmm. quickly realized I was doing things wrong and corrected them and made them better and came up with different lending programs and uh, and that's how I slowly got into the, uh, the lending side of things. So now I can be able to be a lender, I can be a flipper, I can be a developer, whatever. I just kind of grew into it as, as I was uh, moving along. Sure. So that's my backstory on how I got to where I'm at right now. Yeah. Jordan has a much different story, so I'll let him uh, take the mic for a little bit.
2: My joke out there when I'm talking to people about Brian is, uh, you know, I, I do call him my friendly nerd because he's he's the one that goes out and he actually studies the uh, property code for for real estate and he's very good at it and knows his job, you know, and, and knows the ins and out, which is, allows our sandbox to become a lot bigger when we're getting creative and people, you know, have passed on a deal where Brian will say, no, that's a great deal and here's why. So sure. he actually okay. sleeps with the property code next to his bed. So, but I'm, I'm <laughs> glad glad he's on my team and not working against him. Yeah. So uh, absolutely. Um, for me and my story, I'm a uh, small town Canadian boy. I uh, grew up uh, on a place called Vancouver Island. Okay. Um, my, my wife seems to think that I duped her because I told her when I met her in Vegas one night that I was a... Real estate investor uh, lived on an island, and and uh, you know she, uh, she so uh, that, I'll tell you that story in a quick in a quick minute. But uh, a small down Canadian boy started in the construction business early early 90s. Um, then quickly after uh, when the market uh, crashed there um, in the late, late 90s, uh, became a, uh, a realtor up for a company called Royal Page up in Canada and. And quickly realized, uh, you know, I was making everybody else money, uh, and sure. and uh, you know, like Brian said, you know, earlier, uh, before the the podcast, you know, sometimes you're you're you know following people around and you know spending a lot of time with calls and people that never do business with you. So you'd rather be on the other side of the coin, being the the investor. Definitely, I um I actually was one of the kids that came across Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. You're on. the one. yeah the only one you know spenna i was was the only one that watched (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, and and really um you know i always had my eye on the u.s and really found that for every one thing that was in canada that you could do a 100 things in america you know they're real creative with with investing and oh you can't do that here in canada or we don't have a banking system like that here in canada so i always had my eye uh on uh, on things going on in america and, and being in, in canada we're very inundated by the u.s lots of you know american channels and so mm-hmm. you can see what you know what was going on um you know for all my canadian listeners out there which are, there's probably one uh you know <laughs> we'll say hoser and 12 pack or a uh, case or chesterfield or all my canadian words uh, nice. get that out of the way yeah you yeah. say a once in a while too so he <laughs> says it a lot <laughs> Um, So anyways, went through, I actually went and uh, we did some courses um, uh, through Robert Kiyosaki. I'd actually flown down with a uh, a business partner of mine. We uh, went and read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm -hmm. And I think right in the first initial book, it says, hey, don't, you know, just by reading this book, don't run out and start investing. Mm -hmm. Well you know we had we had all the balls and maybe not enough brains he was he was a business partner still a very good friend of mine bill haddocken mm-hmm. if you're listening bill um like brian he's more the the sharp guy behind the scenes where i'd go out and just do what bill, bill told me what to do and accumulated you know 12 12 properties and projects where they're, they're rentals or, or flips or um what have you a spec home and a golf course um so we're uh, you know uh, asset rich and cash bore and uh, flew down one night with him and another buddy to, to Vegas, and he was married at the time. I I promised a buddy I'd uh, I'd take him out to the bar because I was I was single with a with a with a daughter at the time, and um, I said, Yeah, well, we'll take you out to the bar later, my buddy. We we're you know this is when Holden was all the crave, and so my my wife had come and sat down at the table, and and so we got to talking and started holding up the the poker table so everyone you know around was like are you gonna play or are you gonna talk to this woman all night i said well yes. i'm actually gonna go talk to the woman so <laughs> i told my buddy bill sitting at the next table i um i'll be right back and uh, i didn't actually come back to the next morning because i took off and took a plane ticket to michigan to fly and just to hang out with my wife a little well it wasn't my wife then but yeah just to spend more time with him but wow. this time you your cell phones at the time you couldn't call you couldn't it'd be a 500 hundred dollar call there's right. you no know, so so my buddy's literally the next morning on the verge of you know calling the place didn't know where i was and and uh, i guess he had told the whole table you know i you know we i don't know where my buddy is and i said hey i went to michigan he said no you didn't i threw my plane ticket on the on the uh, on the table and stopped the whole table. They're like, you're crazy and all that sort of thing. So, make a long story short. Uh, six months, uh, six weeks later, uh, my wife and I married. Uh, she was from Michigan, actually, oh, okay. and so. Um, She said, hey, let's go live in Canada. And then once she realized that I was a poor real estate investor and uh, I was, you know, asset rich and cash poor and the island was, you know, shitty and cold all the time in Drury like Seattle. (laughs) She's like, we got to get out of here. So we actually just moved into a border town in Bellingham. That's how I actually got to the States. Okay. Uh, And she said, if you're going to marry me, you know, single woman, I worked hard for my money and, you know, I'm more conservative. Real estate's not for me. Sell all your stuff. In Canada so I sold all that off and five years I went uh, work for a Remax down in uh, down in the states in Bellingham and um, finally uh, wore her down and said I got to be a real estate investor I gotta I gotta be on that side of the coin and yeah. uh, so she took me to a Robert Kiyosaki event and you know I think we spent about $75,000 80000 on our education Okay. Uh, I know a lot of times when people do that it doesn't turn out so well I think it, it turned out all right for us it kind of opened the doors for us and uh, Um, we're up in the uh, Seattle area uh, like I said in in Bellingham and uh, prices were you know fairly high like the Austin areas and uh, we just found that the market you know, pre two thousand eight, it wasn't wasn't that active. Prices were still pretty high. No one was really motivated. So we had to learn how to go out of state, and and um, so we did a lot of investing down in California. Had a team down there okay. in the Sacramento area. So that was a lot of fun. Did a lot of flips down there. We started, you know, we came in with the money and partnered, and um, and they did all the the fix and flips. And then we got over to um, to Tennessee. Uh, did some stuff in Indiana and of course in, in Texas. And then finally. Uh, when prices went down, this Seattle area went back, started flipping there as as well. So as we came down, I think about seven or eight years ago, uh, in Texas, my wife and I brought our kids. We ended up in Dripping Springs because of the school system, uh, yeah. Like like Brian did. So um, uh, we we kind of followed each other and watched each other, um, you know, in in the uh, in in Austin here, and didn't really work, actually do any deals together, but really, you know, I thought highly, I guess, of each other and um you know i was real focused i saw a lot of people failing losing money from watching you know like brian said too many hg tv shows are coming out of some of these classes and just uh, not really understanding how to make money and so i see i saw at the time a lot of people losing money on the construction side which had a lot of background in and i started really uh, applying systems and trying to help people um you know with that part of the uh with the flip process right. um and i was really destined to really change that for a lot of people and then brian brian and i continued talking and and uh, i think at that point brian had really wanted to launch the lending side and and i was more focused on the construction side i said i want to help you know this group of people he says well what happens if we can help people with you know the, the whole um you know the whole process right from the the funding to the wholesaling to the building right through the whole system um, if we could help everybody not just you know people stuck in the construction part and have a full turnkey system you know would you be interested in that and, and I said yeah absolutely so he showed me his his model and, and plan, uh, plan and that's kind of how we, we got started and, and got to foreman Hornet Capital
0: that's awesome so when did you guys uh, start Hornet so Hornet
3: started about uh, a year ago okay so in all we did my old company tally to investment group what would i would have friends and family and other investors they want to partner on projects with me or partner on loans or you know partner in some way mm-hmm. and it was all fractionalized off so this one project was with you know my buddy and this one was with my mom or this one was with another investor here in Austin and so it was all just a big spider web out there mm-hmm. and every time i opened up quickbooks it would like scream red alerts at me because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it, you can't do this so and finally, at some point, it was getting big enough that I said, okay, time out everyone. You know, let's just put all our money into the same pot. You know, I'm gonna keep doing the same thing, keep getting the same returns that we've been doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll smooth things out for you guys because now you're part of all the projects and so if one goes bad, you're not stuck to that one bad project. Yeah. And so I started getting interested in the fund idea. Um, you know, unfortunately, I had two kinds of investors. I had some that they just wanted nice conservative returns mm-hmm. And then there are other ones that said, Hey, this is my play money, I'm not looking for, you know, ten percent return. I want I want bigger money. So right. uh I had to find a way to create our fund so that it had it can satisfy both of those. we mm. you know, class A's are nice conservative people that want ten percent, class B's kind of the more exciting equity portion of what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why we switched from Tally to the Hornet Capital, just so we can start that fund, make sure it's approved by the you know, SEC and the attorneys, check all the boxes and do all that fun stuff. So, Sure. Uh, that was the transition about a year ago when, when we started
0: Hornet. Gotcha. Okay. And so I've seen with um, a lot of partnerships, uh, I know that Matt and I are both this way, that um, each person has like their individual strength um, or multiple strengths or skills. Um, and their partner, or they reach out to other people to, um, I guess, supplement where they lack. Um, so where <laughs> I laugh because that's quite a.
2: Uh, I was. Gonna, I, I, I laugh because that's quite a, a humorous uh, joke in our office between actually my my wife and and, and Brian because they're b- yeah. very both left side A type personality where sure. I'm a shit show right ring, you know, just <laughs> uh, not quite, but uh, we, we have a lot of fun with it. And, and uh, you know, Brian will say, does Jordan ever do this? And she says, holy shit, he does that all the time at home. So it's, you know, I, I know what to expect when I, it's like I'm married to both of them, but right. thankfully I'm married to the hot blonde girl. Not that right.
0: Yeah. You're talking about Brian, right?
2: And, <laughs> yes, I am. Hey, anyone that's in our, anyone that's been to our meetups knows that you wear the wig.
0: That's you know?
3: right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I was ho- I was hoping I could find some coconut shells for that one, too, but never did. And that's fine.
0: That's awesome. Um, so I bring that up to uh, to ask. Um, you know, how have you guys seen that uh, in your business? you know, over the last year about, um, and why is that, you know, why you guys came together to, you know, form this company and work together is because you each complimented each other where the other, um, you know, didn't.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'll just start Brian, if you don't mind. And, um, I I realize that I'm a, uh, I'm an extrovert in my life. I like to be out talking with people. Um, I'm a very good number two guy. I don't, Really want to be a number one guy. I don't want to be the CEO of a company. I want to be the supporting. I want to be the vice president, if you will. Yeah. right? So, um, you know, I, sometimes it it uh, you got to you dig deep in your soul to to really realize that and admit that to yourself because yeah. a lot of us always want to be leaders, and so. If you really know where your spot is and you're very good at it, stick to it, right? Sure. And uh, you know, I knew Brian was very good at at, uh, at numbers. Uh, he's he's very good at uh, a lot of the law stuff, and and I and he knew that I was very good at going out and just socializing with people. People uh, had a lot of trust in me for what I was doing, and and you know, I guess somewhat respected what I was doing uh, out and about, and. Uh, same with brian brian was always known as a very trustworthy per- person that was very you know for us to partner number one that we are opposites and we you know um, we could bring both our strengths to the table and be successful but uh, i think first and foremost brian wouldn't you agree that i think it was the whole trust thing and the whole knew each other that we we're very honest if there's so- something that, that that happened we'd be very 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 honest with each other or you know, or our clients, uh, which is really important in a, pri- a partnership. I think, to be honest, what really pulled us together was when we
3: sat down and started talking about what we want out of, you know, the next couple of years. Um, we, didn't, we didn't know what it was at the time, yeah. but we felt it. Mm-hmm. And so, it's funny because I'm still a Navy reservist, so I still get to go, once a month, I get to go teach students how to fly jets, that's awesome. uh, which is great, so I, I tell my wife that's how I stay young. <laughs> So I had on one of my to-do list, I said, hey, we need to create a mission statement for this company. You know, we came up with all the same bullshit stuff, blah, 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 and it was terrible, and it didn't really hit us. Right. Um, and I remember I was driving down. It was, I don't know, 3 in the morning. Yeah. It was still pitch black out. and driving down to Kingsville, and I was kind of working on the mission statement that I could you know, give to, to people I work with. And uh, it just, it was hard to put in words. And then finally it just came out. Like I I just felt it and this, the second I said it, it felt like a ton of way to lift it off. Cause what it really was uh, was that we have a unique passion to help other real estate investors. Mm -hmm. And that's what it all boiled down to. Whether it was creating system for the contractors, uh, for other people, making sure they're successful uh, on the, you know, and buying the properties right and stuff like that. And I remember I took a, a, I think it was a FaceTime video or a YouTube video or something. I can't yeah. remember what was. Yeah, at it.
2: three in the morning when it's pitch black. So all I can see is like shadows in the background. He's like, Jordan, I got it. I figured it out. <laughs> Figure out why we're doing this. Yeah.
3: But um, I, and I still watch the video myself because it, it, it just empowers me to, to go back to our roots on why we actually formed our company and did this. Uh, but it really was just the passion to help out other real estate investors and make sure. And, and I tell people all the time in my meetups, I say the biggest thing that I do when people come to me and ask me for a loan mm-hmm. is I tell them to to not walk but run from that project because they're, and they'll they're show me all these numbers that the realtors gave me and and you know and I just want to make sure that they're successful and they're not going to get wiped out because I've been I mean I've taken big losses on projects before just because I didn't know until I had that experience. So now I'm able to share that. Experience with other people, and make sure that they don't go through what I had to do a couple times. So I think that's kind of the unique thing that really ties us together. Um, and I think a lot of people that you know come to our meetups. We do once a month, mm-hmm. and it's it's just free education. We don't charge anything. We don't do anything. We just say, hey, come here. We're gonna you know whatever you guys want to talk about. We'll I'll present it for you guys, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll just give you you know down and dirty what it's like to be so we do a lot of those once a month it's a it's kind of a big headache because we it takes away from our business but it's our way to give back uh, yeah to
2: the to the public that aren't investing with us or whatever so, so brian does. what is our what is our mission statement i don't think you ever nailed it <laughs> we gotta watch the youtube video uh, <laughs> um
0: so uh the meetups just to plug that real quick so when and where are they
3: uh, that usually depends on my um, my navy schedule, but usually it's the last Wednesday of the month or the second last Wednesday of the month. Okay. Um, we've just been doing it at uh, Casa
2: Chabala up on Research Boulevard. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as a yeah, last couple three months there. Yeah. They take very good care of us and have a great great meeting room. To centrally located, you know, up on Research Boulevard. So gotcha. Uh, we were having it down on. Um, on 6th Street at Z Tejas, yes, Mm. correct, yeah, before that, so we've had, uh, we outgrew that space and now are, are, you know, are moving uh, and growing and and people like, uh, you know, our topics and because we're real and honest, we like to have a lot of fun, sometimes we'll shoot people with uh, guns if they get the wrong answer, or (laughs) say something illegal or, you know, that kind of fun stuff or we dress up and so we have a good time, we like to have a good time, but uh, you know, we're, we're there to build a real good community of people that want to, you know, do the business the right way. Sure. That's really what it what it boils down to. We've okay. taken
3: them off-site a couple of times to different projects or places that we've lent our partnered on just so we can, you know, get hands-on feel about if we're, you know, I think at that time we were talking about um, contracting or something like that. So we brought them to a site that was, you know, finishing completion and kind of went over different things that we were doing there. So. Gotcha. Usually, what we tell people is we'll send out emails to people that have been there before. But I think uh, Mary, our assistant, she uh, she puts out on the meetup meetup hey, dot What's up, Mary? If you're listening out there, <laughs> shout out, Mary. Yeah, <laughs> she's not here, but she actually runs the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Um, and then we also she she does it on Facebook. I think she'll let everyone know where the next one is and the time and dates and stuff like that.
1: Cool. Yeah, that's cool. We'll have to get get over there. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. For sure. Um, I got a couple of questions for you guys. So, the uh, this whole system that you created seems a little bit different. Like not a lot of people are doing it. So, when you when you put all this together, is this a model that you created on your own, or did you go to someone else that had done the same thing and kind of replicated what they did, or how did you kind of get this you know rolling? So.
3: Uh, we do nothing like anyone else does. I'll be honest, and that's the hardest thing as an entrepreneur, right? Is going against the grain. Right, the tide's going that way, and we're trying to go this way. So,
2: trust me, he redirects our ship all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but in my heart, here's the true thing: it's, it's absolutely true. Um, and I'll get back to Brian here, but uh, Brian reminds me we're we're not going to be like everybody else. We're going to do it right, and 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 um, you know our our whole goal is to. Um, Really help the the real estate investors out there do the right things and prevent them from you know losing money like a lot of them are out there right now and uh, we're just seeing it too much and uh, we have a passion to, to you know to do it right and Brian's always like hold hold strong that we're doing it the right way and it doesn't always seem like that day to day but uh, that's our that's our goal sorry Brian go ahead
3: no so for instance coming from the fix and flip business I know what it takes to be a fix and flip rehabber yeah. Uh, And a lot of the new investors that come in, they don't. Mm -hmm. And so we actually put together processes um, that are in place that no other hard money lender has. Um, You know, we do advanced draws on. So if someone's doing their framing, they can get money for that framing before it's done. Typically, they have to finish the framing, then they go to the the lender and say, hey, I'm done with the framing, I just spent 25 grand on it. Mm -hmm. And they have to send an inspection team out, and they have to get approved through accounting, it comes out. Hey, we did something completely different. We turned the model on its head and we said, hey, we're gonna give you advanced draws. We're gonna pay your framer directly, uh, you know, through his invoice. By the way, we're gonna take care of the 1099s at the end of the year. We're gonna do all this hard work so you don't have to do it. Oh, and we pay directly to the the vendor's bank account. Lean releases. Yeah, we take care of the lean releases and all that. We pay, if they, they need some draws for that framing from Home Depot, we give them a credit card and they're allowed to use our credit card. Right. They upload the invoices to our site, keeps track of their budgets real time so they know exactly where they're at any time. So it's just a completely different system what they're used to. A lot of people are like, well, that's a lot of work. I have to get my contractor and everyone signed up into the system. I said, yeah, that's true, but you're gonna have to do it anyways at the end of the year when you do your 1099s, right? right yeah. So do it upfront, do it right. We'll take care of all, a lot of this hard work for you. Uh, you'll have all your budgets and everything up there. You don't, you're don't. you not going to get to that draw hump, which a lot of people, we actually get a lot of second leans and gap funding people coming to us and saying, hey, I got you know $100,000 with this this other hard money lending company that's sitting in a construction budget, but I need to finish this $5,000 job in order to get back onto that draw cycle. So mm-hmm. it basically eliminates that draw hump that a lot of people get stuck into. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just like one of the, Many things that we do different than people. We're probably the only hard money lending company in Central Texas that we actually say yes, we do gap lending. Yes, we do second liens. Uh, we like them. We love them actually, um, because I've lost enough money doing second liens that I completely understand the position, and I and I know <laughs> I know how to tell people yes, this is going to be a successful second lien uh, or gap funding, or no, we can't do this. So. Mm-hmm. So let me
2: just jump in real quick and just to reiterate, you know, how we do separate ourselves from the other lenders um, and, you know, how we've kind of changed the lending process a little bit is we won't lend on a project. if We know the investor is going to lose money. I mean, and that's not typical from a hard money lender and, and, and not to throw the, you know, other hard money lenders under the bus, but they're a straight up business where Brian and I, we're the front people. We, we make all the decisions in our company. We're, you know, we're the appraisers and, and underwriters at the same time. And and uh, our, our whole goal here is to ensure that people, you know, coming out of these courses are, are not losing money on their first deal. You know, we want to make them successful because hopefully they're going to come back and do more deals with us.
1: Right. That's a good point. Uh, and I, I've kind of learned a little bit more about the hard money and, um, i met i just kind of want to throw this out there and see your thoughts because i met this guy that uh, he took a loan out on a property that was going to be built he's going to build the whole thing so they gave him the arv and they lend him all this money and it was crazy high interest and a lot of points and he got through this process and was looking at me to be an investor and i'm looking at this deal like man this is already like a mess like i'm stepping into this so it's just interesting to me because what you said is you don't want to lend on a project that they're gonna lose money. And so I was looking at this deal and it's like the lender, they, 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 even if they came and took this property over, their step, they have to finish the project and you wouldn't want that. You think like, yeah, you foreclose, that's great. You, you get all your money back and you start over. But the way that it was structured, like 90% of the ARV and this thing's like halfway built, it just seems like that, that's crazy that that's going on right now.
2: Yeah, and there's actually a lot of that going on. And, and one, I think just accidentally uh, we've kind of got into the consulting business and the reason why is as I, I joked about uh, Brian reads the Texas property code but but it really helps us in a lot of ways where he knows how to do second and thirds and, and bridge lending and what that you know also allows us to do is help other people and so we've Brian's been doing a lot of consulting for for individuals um, and and you know we had an individual come to us that uh, had, had lent out uh, you know a, quite a large sum of, of, of money over a, um, over a million dollars yeah and uh, she said I'm I don't know what to do Brian I need you to help me and and I think Brian you almost, you got most of it or all, all of it back um, and uh, you know and that's that's heartwarming for us because now we can say hey listen here's the right way to do it and You've actually just said here. Why don't you just manage our money from here on out because you know what you're <laughs> what you're doing? So, um, but we do do consulting, and, and Brian's very good at uh, you know analyzing deals. Uh, so to that point, we we come across that, uh, and most people that come to us they're in that that sort of trouble already, and so we're trying to get ahead of that. So. People don't get themselves uh, at that point. So we have to bail them out with second liens and, right. and whatnot. I, yeah. I can't
1: figure out why the lender would want to lend on that in the first place. Like you said, you don't you don't want to see someone be unsuccessful. It's just, I don't know, it's just crazy that that's going on.
3: Well, a lot of times the lenders, you know, think about from a business aspect, that's how they, they make their money, right, is by dishing out loans. A lot of times it's not their money. They're brokering for someone, a bigger company, you know, a hedge fund or something like that. So... All they care about is, hey, if the appraisal says it's good, you know, and I'm being mm-hmm. all these wickets that you know this hedge fund says that they need. Hey, I'm gonna do that loan because now I get paid, my family gets paid, the company gets paid, mm-hmm. hey, and if I if the money gets lost, it's that hedge fund's money or whatever. Mm-hmm. Where our fund's completely different. It's a fund of my family and friends and investors that we meet here in Austin, and you know, and obviously we're growing out of that. But um, you know. When loans don't go well, I'm the one that's that's growing extra gray hairs and not sleeping at night. Um, So I I really look at each loan like it's my own money. In fact, a lot of times it is. But um, Mm. you know, I think that's probably what differentiates as well. Plus, another hard money lender. Typically, those guys out there. They probably went to college and they learned how to be a, a, you know, finance or banker or something like that. They've never actually been in the real estate space. They've never actually flipped the house and swung the hammers. They don't know the actual timelines and and work. They've never dealt with the city of Austin permits. We've done all that. So we, so you know, if we had to take back a project that, that's easy for us to take back that and, and fix that project. Where right. I think other, you know, it's,
2: it's not that easy. Right. Right. Good point. And if I can just finish up uh, one one last point that we're, what really separates us is, for me, I go out and check on our projects for a couple of reasons on a weekly basis. Uh, number one, I want to ensure that our borrowers are successful. Uh, you know, if I go to a job site and I find that that no one's working there, I call them up and say, why is no one working, or what what do you need? So we can help, mm-hmm. and we will help. Our investors uh, move their projects along because we do have that that experience to do that. We're another lender will call if they don't have you know a pay, payment made. So we're very proactive. We want our borrowers to be successful because you know hopefully they'll come back and, and borrow from us again. Um, secondly, obviously I want to protect our investors' money. If the projects are sitting idle, I want to ensure that you know why and let's help this move along because you know I want to ensure. M- you know, our uh, investors are, you know, getting getting paid by their borrower making monthly payments so on and so forth. So it's a two-edged sword for us, but uh, certainly, you know, our goal is to really go that extra mile and, and find out, you know, if people need help with their budgets, if people need help analyzing properties, that's unheard of in our space. I mean, lenders don't do that. Lenders lend money, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of lenders, like Brian said, don't have that experience. and. Right. You know, we're we're really here to, to build a community of people that just want to do right, be honest, and 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 really do well for themselves, and and, and you know be profitable for for them and their family. I
1: kind of can see how this relates to like some of the commercial lending that stuff that we're looking at is like the commercial lender wants to do the same thing. They want you to be successful, and they look at it more as a partner. Whereas most of the hard money guys, you know, they're just they're just loan sharks a lot of times. So. It's like you're you're bringing that approach down to this to the single family side and it seems like it's working out well so that's really cool
3: we're trying <laughs>
0: I guess the theme I've heard with y'all telling me your story is that trust is huge you guys trusted each other before you formed Hornet and that's kind of what why it came to be and then um, there's a big trust between you and your clients um, and so it makes me think you know I always think about the why behind uh, everyone's story everyone's purpose. And so it makes me think: um, was there a time in y'all's story where you got burned pretty bad? Because obviously you guys have, you know, been in the real estate industry for a while and have had these experiences. Um, so I'm wondering, like, why you guys are, are doing it different? Why you guys are? Because y'all have a strong code of ethics. It seems like you guys are really good guys. You have good hearts. Um, so I'm wondering, like, is there something that happened that you don't want other real estate investors to go through?
2: Yeah, let me tell Brian's story. <laughs> and I wanted to gravely quick the microphone <laughs> away from Brian. Uh, I've got two, two instances. And Brian and I are uh, you know always very honest people. And it's uh, when other people... Um, when I'm involved in something and something doesn't go well and they lose money, it's, it's, like, it's not just, hey, we don't pick up our phone and we disappear. It's, yeah. it's distraught for us. It really is. So the first deal I ever did in, in, in Texas... Uh, i had a professional criminal he was a contractor um so i was doing it remotely and, and bought a house actually in san antonio and what he would do is um he was well recommended by uh, uh by another company um, wholesale company um and and was used by other investors and things went really well so i did a lot of due diligence and checked you know, did everything properly to, as i normally did for out-of-state and contractors and everything checked out and and uh and so what this guy would do is he was moving along very rapidly, but but hadn't finished the electrical, hadn't finished the plumbing in behind the walls, and so um, you know I kept giving him you know his draws on time and 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 whatnot, and mm-hmm. and uh, then he said I'm all done the project, but and he took pictures for me and everything, and and uh, then I had someone go check his work, and it wasn't done to you know to his satisfaction, and yeah. found out that he would move. Uh, items around, uh, in the house to make it look like it was done. like he'd take a light switches off and he would take, um, you know, uh, uh yeah, lighting <laughs> around. And, and I thought like that more effort than it's, it's more work. effort. I couldn't, <laughs> yeah. You know, like he might as well have just done it. Oh my work. gosh. It <laughs> yeah. was. And I just was like, this guy had such a great system. He really did. He talked well. I'm like, if you did actually things right, you'd probably make more money. And that's what I don't right. understand about, you know, no contractors and, um, I have to jump back and just just say this: where we find a lot of uh, investors run into problems is with contractors, and they're robbing Peter to pay Paul. And so, um, I want to bring this segment is very important: is we don't we don't allow p- people in our draw system. We don't throw them a bunch of money, so then take it from one project and then use it on another, and then this project you know stops. Um, we have um, because contractors will do that, and then they'll run off with your money, and you know. Um, it just reminded me that we hadn't discussed that and so there's stops in place when we do do lend money because contractors uh, I found a lot of them are very good at contracting but not very good at handling money and and that sort of thing and that's where a lot of people uh, get into trouble investors get into trouble with with contractors Uh, the 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 second the second one was the big why for me Uh, I was I was actually working as a salesperson for a gentleman in, in town and um, he said, you know, bring on all the business you can, cause I can handle it. found out very quickly he couldn't handle it, mm-hmm. uh, burned a lot of, uh, local investors in, in town. Although I wasn't a principal with that company, uh, it hit hard for me, you know, that I'd brought all these different investors that wanted to, um, you know, that wanted to work with this company. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, the guy was lying to everybody, including myself and a couple other key people at the office. and. Mm-hmm. And so I was the one that went down with the, you know, investors to the police station to try and find this guy who was obviously a crook. And um, so it, it, you know, it hit home when, when other people work hard for their money and they lose money and you have a small part in that and you feel responsible, right? And everyone turned and looks the other way and I, you, I can't do that. And so, you know, for Brian and I, that's exactly, Andrew, that's, that's the why in our business. We're tired of people you know, losing, losing money out there. And, and for us to, we want to be the honest, honest guys out there that are going to shoot you straight, whether it's good news or bad news. Uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to turn around and and try and make it right. And, and hopefully, uh, you know, we're, we're doing that now. You know, it's an interesting
3: story because, uh, I haven't, I haven't thought about this in a while, but I was actually one of those investors that got burned, uh, with, with his old company. And obviously Jordan was the face of the company. He's going out there selling the business and all that. Um, uh, and what I what I learned through that whole thing was you know as soon as things started going bad, uh, like he said, Joran was out there just saying, hey this is this is what's going on very upfront, very honest uh, you know and as as an investor losing money, I was pissed right but sure. you know Jorn was doing the right thing, saying the right things, making sure that I knew exactly what was going on. and in fact the day that he sent out his email and said, hey, I no longer work for this company you know, reference, you know, if you need to talk about the company, go here. I'm still, feel feel free to keep talking with me. Yeah, I think it was that day or the next day, I replied to his email and said, I'm looking, would you like to come work for me? Wow. So so it's not every day that someone screws you out of the money and then you and offer then him shoot, a job. Yeah. And <laughs> just to be clear, I was not the one that screwed him out of money. I always just happened to be involved with the, with the yeah. situation. So we'll just clarify that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Don't shoot
0: the messenger. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, well that's cool, man. I mean, I obviously, Andrew, I got to stop you cause yeah, Brian, you want to jump in and tell one of your stories?
3: No. I'm Good. You, you talk enough for the company. Oh my God. <laughs> that's what I get paid to do.
2: Right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, um, well, obviously, I, I you know don't wish that you guys uh, went through you know those tough times or got burned, but obviously, I mean, I'm a firm believer in that everything happens for a reason, and so you know if those things wouldn't have happened in your life, it wouldn't have led you to today to, to Hornet, which um, obviously is working out well for you guys, and you guys are doing the right thing, and um, so all that to say is that it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I just had one quick question uh, regarding property management because you said that you had some properties out of state and you quickly realize that you didn't want to manage those. So can you kind of talk through some of those challenges and, and how you solve that?
3: So I actually never solved it. <laughs> oh man! Uh, so, well, actually I did solve it. I sold all my properties off is what I ended up doing. But but what I realized about the out of state um, stuff, you know, especially for, if there's any military listening, um, is it all it all depends on the property manager Mm -hmm. so you know i had some that went really well and it's because the property manager took care of everything you know they were very honest and you know and then i had others that say you know every single little thing that happened to that house they would just forward me the email and they say and i you know there's a tree limb that looks like it's about to fall on the house i say, okay well cut down the tree limb yeah and then they send me a thousand dollar bill because it was their brother that cut down the tree limb or something so there's a lot of dishonesty um, that, ke- that can happen mm-hmm. uh, in, in property management. So, like I said, it, it all came down to the, who was managing that property. And so don't be afraid to fire your property managers go get a new one until you find one that works. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that was kind of it eventually just, you know, you're getting very little cash flow out of these things, or at least I was. Um, and so it just wasn't worth the time and the headache. And I'd rather spend that time and effort, you know, doing things that I can Sure. Um, I I would continue to do rentals, and I, you know I'm still looking forward to a time where you can't do rentals in Austin mm-hmm. uh, because I, I'll you know pick up some more here once the prices start dropping down a little bit. But um, if you can't get to the the project yourself, you need to find a property manager that uh, is willing to take care and do all the hard work for you.
0: All right, well that's a, a good way to wrap it up, um, guys. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, for the listeners, how can they find out more about you guys and your company? Uh, so we have a website www.hornet.capital. Okay.
3: There's no.com. Wow. And that's our email too. So it's either Brian at hornet.capital or Jordan at hornet.capital. That's
2: with a an no, and Brian with an I. Okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Hornet Capital does uh, loans here uh, mostly in the greater Austin area. And so we'd love to, uh, anyone that's looking to do deals here or, or come and flip property and ask any questions. We're, you know, we're always uh, always available. We're always uh, looking for new investors that wanna come and invest, you know, in, into our fund or into, you know, just individual properties. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do that with, with cash or through their IRAs. And so, so we do have one uh, product that,
3: for investors real estate investors out there that i don't think a lot of other people do it's uh fractional lending it's actually a lot of hard work for us uh and it but what it does is allows people that are not accredited that can't get into the fund it allows them to um, invest in projects probably the biggest thing that i see happen with new investors that let's say they have 25 grand or something like that and they want to you know get into the real estate game, they'll lend that $25,000. Mm-hmm. Guess what, you can't get a first lien for $25,000. So you're gonna get into a second, third, fourth, whatever subordinate lien you end up in, mm-hmm. and you have no idea what you're getting yourselves into. Um, and obviously these are the people I help consult with to try to get out of it, but, um, and, and they end up losing that money. Yeah. And so what, what we've done is we've created the product where we fund that first lien, and then we allow people with those smaller chunks to partner with us in that first lien, and so that they're with us, you know, we're, we have the, you know, we're, we manage the the loan and service it and all that, and we have our own cash in it, so we're going to take care of that person, and they're not going to get stuck in a subordinate lien with a small little amount of money, uh, and then get wiped out in a foreclosure or something like that. So, mm-hmm. it's a it's something that we do. Uh, like I said, it, it's not a money maker for us. and In fact, we probably lose money because we lose the interest on that loan and everything. Uh, but it helps, you know, going back to our passion to help out real estate investors from both sides, whether they're fixing, flipping, or someone that just has cash. It allows us to, you know, keep them out of that scary subordinate lien position, get them into a first lien uh, as a partnership with us, basically.
0: Gotcha. Very cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, um, I will put all of your information in the show notes below. Um, And once again, thank you guys for being on the podcast. Thanks for having us. It's great. Yeah, thanks,
2: guys. Great job.